Thank you, Pastor Peter. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. Shalom. Good morning, Gracians and friends here at Tanglin, as well as online. Welcome home. Thank you, Pastor Wilson, for the invitation this morning. I thank God for each of you here who are here this morning. What is a better place to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday morning? It is because you are here on site and online, we get to do and build relational wellness. In this year's Investigate series, I will be speaking on relational wellness. Pastor Wilson gave me a choice of two topics. I gave him two reasons why I would choose to speak on relational wellness. Firstly, relational wellness is one area of my life that I need to grow the most. Secondly, if I speak on a financial topic for the third time, Gracians will confirm and double confirm I am the money speaker. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, thank you for being here with us and wherever we are. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, lead me, guide me, and hide me behind your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine this. Two persons are in a conversation or a dialogue. How many people do you think are present? At least eight. Who are they? There is you and me, the person I think I am, and the person you think I am, and the person I really am. For example, I may think I'm witty and fun, but you may think I am really annoying. Then there is a person you think you are, the person I think you are, and the person you really are. These eight exclude Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the whole unseen realm members. Yes, it is indeed more complicated than we think or not think. This is complicated further when adding on diverse personalities, culture, and upbringing, values, love language, on and on. What more when we are in a group, like our grace group or team meetings? This number, or the number eight, grows exponentially. Must it be so complicated? No. Astoundingly, no. The crux of the matter is, we often do not see others as they are, and we see others as we are, and through our lens. Why? Because we have preconceived ideas, knowledge, past experiences, biases, prejudices, and so on. Sin is between us. But listen, God is in each of us and God is present in spaces between us. If only 
we allow Jesus to be in the center of our conversation and dialogue and our relationships and allow the love of God in us flow through us and work in our relationships, my friends. By His grace, relational wellness is at hand. This morning, we will explore relational wellness and the big idea is God wants our relationships to demonstrate His love. Allow me to propose two foundational facts on relationships. Firstly, we are created as relational beings. The genesis of relationship begins, of course, in Genesis. Let us read Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen. We can see four relationships here. Our relationship with God, ourselves, others, and let's not forget creation. These were established by God in the beginning that we might corporately flourish and bring flourishing to His creation. When sin entered the world, these relationships became flawed. But through the redemptive work of Christ within us, these four relationships are being restored already, but not yet perfect. This is why relational wellness is still very much hard work, to say the least. Secondly, we are made for community living. We are not created to do life alone. And none is meant to be lonely. But the fact of the matter is, loneliness is increasingly a social problem. Since 2018, the United Kingdom has appointed a Minister for Loneliness. And on 2nd May 2023, the USA released an official advisory identifying loneliness as an urgent public health threat with profound consequences. In Japan, some elderly folks have resorted to crime so that they can have the companionship of inmates in jail. Closer to home on July 11, 2023, the, C the CNA Singapore reported that almost 40% of Singaporeans aged 62 and older reported being lonely. In a nationally representative study by Duke and US's Center, for Aging, Research and Education. And guess what? The clever entrepreneurs have come up with a solution to this loneliness epidemic called Brand a Friend. 
You might say, wait a minute, I am an introvert, I don't need friends. Whether you are an introvert, extrovert, or ambivert, you are created in the image of God to have a relationship with Him and His creation. Every single person has the fundamental need for connection and meaningful relationships. What varies is how much and what kind of connection. In our own unique bland and different social wiring, we are made for living in community. And it is in community that we flourish and become most fully human. Friends, life-giving community emerge at the intersection of divine grace and steady human effort. Life-giving communities emerge at the intersection of divine grace and steady human effort. Therefore, friends here at Grace Tanglin and online, may I propose to you that relational wellness is tripartite. God, self, and others. This would form three main parts of my message this morning. Part one, our relationship with God. Part two, our relationship with ourselves. And part three, relationship with others. Let's begin with the relationship with God. Relationship with God is the primary relationship from which both relationship with self and others flow. In other words, our relationship with self and relationship with others cannot be well if our relationship with God is not. Wellness comes through our relationships first with God and then self and others. So friends, let us have a deep connection with God through prayer, through studying His Word, and seeking His guidance that we might be equipped to reflect His love more authentically. Let us love God with all our heart, our soul, and our mind. And friends, we love because God first loved us. In part two, we explore relationship with self, with ourselves. Have you ever looked into the mirror and said, Awesome. So beautiful. So handsome. This is a champion. Or you can't bear to see the person in the mirror. Because that is the person you wish isn't you. Or you weren't born at all. This is the relationship you have with yourself. Relationship with self is how we perceive, understand, and relate to ourselves. And this plays a significant role in shaping our relationship with God and with others. And how we navigate and interact within the whole world of relationships. 
how we define ourselves and our sense of who and what we are include aspects like personality traits, values, roles and responsibilities in life, or even success and significance. No doubt these are important for our self-worth and our self-esteem. However, note this, who and what we are can be temporal and fluid. This is why there is such a thing called midlife crisis in my generation and quarter-life crisis in younger generation. Friends, in a nutshell, it is identity crisis. We are nothing and nobody without Christ. So our relationship with self must start with our identity in Christ. The most pertinent question is not who and what I am, but whose I am. Now take out your mobile phone. Put it on selfie mode. Look at yourself. The person you are seeing as an identity in Christ. Tell yourself this. I am created in the image of God. And this is a status. A status that animals do not have. A status that represents God to have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds in the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I am a child of God. Because all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. I am redeemed and forgiven, for God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. I am a new creation. Because anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I have a calling and purpose because God's, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works with God preparing us in advance to do so. Hallelujah. That is our identity in Christ. Friends, knowing our identity in Christ puts us in a better position to handle rejection, criticism, and setbacks in relationship without taking these experiences as personal attacks. Knowing our identity in Christ helps us to overcome struggles of unworthiness and feelings of unworthiness of God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Relationship with self must start with our identity in Christ. This shapes our relationship with God and with others. We have explored relationship with God and relationship with self. Now let us explore relationship with others, everyone else. 
This morning, as you walk into Grace Tanglin and into this sanctuary, what did you see? What was the first thing that came to mind when you look across this sanctuary? Humans love, of course. We might see each other by gender, by ministry we serve at Grace Assembly, by social economic status, or even by former church. We see as we want to see. And what we want to see is shaped by our relationship with God and relationship with ourselves. Let us first see each other as an image of God, redeemed and forgiven, called to feel a purpose in His kingdom and the one who is in us is also among us. We are called to love one another that the world will know we are His disciples. John chapter 13 verses 34 to 35 says this, we all know this very well, but let these words sink into our spirit now. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We are called to love one another as Jesus loved us, to bear one another's burden, to encourage and build up one another, and to resolve conflicts in the spirit of grace and humility. The big idea for today is God wants in our relationships to demonstrate His love. I am a perfectionist and a skeptic. This means I'm also serious, intolerant, impatient, especially towards anyone who falls short of expectations. I earn a reputation of being harsh, scary. This overshadows the facts that I have a heart that cares. I often felt misunderstood and unfairly judged. A few years ago, and more so in recent years, and more and more, I realized that in relationship, it is how I come across to others that matter more than what I think I am. Friends, relational wellness is others' focus. So, in recent years, I started greeting others in the lift. When I used to be on my, in my own bubble, as if no one else existed. Now, when being asked, I do share my, how my day is. When I used to reply, none of your business. <laughs> I have started to take an interest in others' well-being, when I used to think relating to humans is my hardest piece of work. I like the I, thou, and I, it 
relationship model introduced by Martin Buber, a Jewish philosopher. Let us go back to the illustration that I started with. Two people in a conversation. The I, thou, or me and you is a human-to-human -human posture that will lead to a dialogue, a two-way conversation. The I, it is a human-to-object attitude that will lead to a monologue, a one-way conversation. Why? This is because in an I-thou relationship, I see another human that I'm commanded to love, honour and respect. And I choose to do that. I will then listen more than I speak. I will seek to first understand and not be presumptuous because I may not know what I do not know. It is others' focus. When I see another person as an it or an object only to be influenced or to be used or to be a means to an end, it is called self-focus. My needs and my agenda comes first and die, die must be fulfilled. I speak, you listen, then go do. Hence, there won't be much relationship, let alone relational wellness. Many years ago, I was known to be a very productive young leader. This also means I am a very task-focused one. My boss sent me a coach who taught me how to start an email with a warm greeting, some small talk before going to the task list. I did as coach, obediently, but mechanically. So, it is still an I-eat attitude. Why? Because my end goal is still to get things done, and I'm still using others as means to an end. Today, I'm still a very productive and results-oriented leader, but others' well-being is high on the equation. My prayer is this, that not only our relationship with others, but our relationship with God will never be an I-it posture. Friends, God wants us in our relationship to demonstrate His love. The very well-known 1 Corinthians chapter 13 serves as a blueprint for how we love others with a selfless, sacrificial and Christ-like love and reaching our relationships and reflecting the very essence of God's character in our interactions. So let's read this carefully. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 to 7 Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. 
It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. I did a survey asking participants to choose what is or are most lacking and most desirable. Top on the list is keeps no records of wrongs. This tells me humans need to be free and be set free in the pursuit of relational wellness. When we express ourselves and act vulnerably, we need to feel safe. We need psychological safety. No one is perfect. We do mistakes and hurt each other, hopefully unintentionally. We will make errors in our judgment, say hurtful things, engage in actions that can harm others. Everyone has internal struggles that directly impact their behaviours that might wrong or hurt us. The question is not if we have been wrong or hurt, as that is a given. What impacts relational wellness is the question of what was and is our posture and response each time we feel wrong or hurt. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 says this, I, I am he who blots out our transgression for your own sake and I will not remember your sins. It is his great grace and mercy God chooses to forgive and keep a record, no record of our wrongs. He will not remember our sins. Let us therefore choose to do the same. This is easier said than done, especially if we have terabyte memory bank. And once in a while, we terrorize our loved ones with what they did wrong 30 years ago. So fun, right? Look, when we keep a record of wrongs in our memory bank, we will continually trap ourselves in those memories. We become slaves to the wrongs committed against us. This can leave us bitter, broken, and ultimately in bondage. Under such condition, we are not well enough to experience and extend relational wellness. The same God who declares He will remember our sins no more is the same God who lives in us. This means by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can keep no records of wrongs if we choose to and want to. Friends, let us remember and remember not. Remember whose we are and remember no records of wrongs. Forgive others and forgive ourselves and not live in regrets. To whom I have wronged this morning, I extend an olive branch to you. I humbly ask that you keep no records of my wrongs. We have explored tripartite relationship 
towards relational wellness, which consists of relationship with God, relationship with others, and relationship with self. In this final part, may I propose to you the relational wellness system. Now, it is coming up soon. Does this look complicated to you? Allow me to go through with you. Firstly, willing. Relational wellness is by choice. I choose and I want to. Secondly, two-way. Relational wellness adopts the I-thou human-to-human posture. And thirdly, diverse. Relational wellness embraces diversity. Look around you now. We might have different struggles, but same pain. Different ethnicity, same creation. Different gender, same callings. Different physical body, same Holy Spirit in us. God loves us all the same, so must we. Fourthly, communities. Relationship, relational wellness is intentional through community clustering. Jesus loves and ministers to the multitude, disciple 12 and mentored 3. Allow me to share my community classes to you. I have core, close, and common communities. My core community consists of spiritual friends and relationships that stick closer than a sibling. They give me heartfelt advice that builds me up. They are like iron sharpened iron. They rejoice and mourn with me. With them, I have the psychological safety to be vulnerable and they love me as I am unconditionally. Close community consists of relationships I have frequent interaction with, but lesser relational depth. Common are communities at large that I am commanded to love. God has blessed me with some wonderful relationships and friendships in the core and close communities, and I'm thankful for each of them. This might sound like I'm either discriminating or creating inner circles or exclusivity. Absolutely not. The Bible teaches us to choose friends carefully. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26 says this, The righteous choose friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. I need to choose carefully. Why? Because there are only so few seats at the table in my life, and I only have 24 hours. And if I walk with the wise, I become wise. And if I associate with the fools, I will get in trouble. Relational wellness is intentional through community clustering. May I encourage you today to draw your own community clusters and think about your connection within the community. Lastly, selective. Relational wellness needs boundaries. We often focus so much on loving and giving that we forget we are humans with limitations. We go to bed with a backache and we wake up with a headache. What is left of us for God? We need to prioritize good steward of relationships by knowing our limits and priorities. 
for the sake of our spiritual, mental, emotional and physical well-being and also for others' well-being. This helps us to maintain a balance between various roles and responsibilities and enable us to prioritize our relationship with God. Wise boundaries ensure that our service and ministry work are sustainable. Sustainable. Friends, relational wellness needs well-set boundaries and respect for others' boundaries. Having said that, in setting boundaries, we need to get our priorities right. I am an introvert with a limited human interaction quota. When my small love tank is running low, I need my me time with God by allowing God to love me and refill my tank. And I also need my me time with myself to rejuvenate. How then do I manage the tension between needing to pull away and the call for ministry? There was once I arrived in Singapore after a long trip and only grounded for 24 hours. But I obeyed the nudge within me to visit a pre-believer at the hospital and she accepted Christ. Friends, relational wellness needs well-set boundaries and respect for others' boundaries, but let us also balance boundaries with obedience to God's call. In closing, may I propose to you that relational wellness is for the wellness for the body of Christ. Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, died for us that we might become a part of His body. Our transformation happens when we choose to relate to others. It happens in choosing to take risks, embracing pain and facing conflicts, and in demonstrating love and forgiveness. It is in all these that are forming me and you, and God is forming us to form His church. Friends, I am because God is and we are. I am because God is and we are. This means our sense of shape, our sense of self is shaped by our relationship with God and with each other. Every interaction with it, it's the potential transformation of human flourishing. How we are as a faith community is the most persuasive sermon we will ever get to preach. How we are as a faith community is the most persuasive sermon we will ever get to preach. It is not about you, it's not about me, it's about us pursuing relationships that honors and reflects God in us, that results in a magnetic and appealing faith community to the public at large. This is not relationships for the relationships sick. May Grace Assembly be that faith community that draws others unto Him. May we have eyes to see through the lens of Jesus, a heart that loves unconditionally, a mind that keeps no records of wrongs, and a soul 
that never loses faith in God. Let us bow and close our eyes and spend a moment with God and respond to Him whichever part of the message that touched your heart. Maybe you are wondering, where do I start? You may need to begin by focusing on your relationship to God. Have you trusted in Christ, your Saviour, so that you can truly experience His forgiveness, mercy and love? Has your first love shifted position in your heart? We cannot love others as we should until we are rightly related to God. This morning, if you want to start a relationship with God or if you want to have a right relationship with God, please say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. Raise your hand to Jesus. Are you struggling with your identity and relationship with yourself? You feel unworthy. Remember whose you are. You are created in God's image, a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, fully redeemed and forgiven, caught for a purpose, and all these by His grace and mercy alone. This morning, place it all at the altar and allow Jesus to love you. Have you been hurt? Are you wounded? Are you struggling to keep no wrongs and slow to anger? This morning, forgive yourself. And forgive others who hurt and wronged you as God has forgiven you. This morning, release all your past hurts and wounds at the altar. Jesus wants to heal you. As the worship team leads us in a song, let us walk to the altar. Come as you are, whatever the reason may be, it is between you and God. And as a body of Christ, we are here for each other. This altar is for everyone, including myself. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to heal us that we might increase relational wellness in our lives and in the body of Christ that the world may know we are His disciples. Lord, we need Your grace and mercy We need to pray Shall we all rise? like never before Let's respond to we the Lord We need the power As we worship, come, respond to the altar call. And let the Lord touch you right here.
Gracious, it is such a powerful and timely word that has been released. I think that many of us, we need to respond to this. There are so many things that we can respond to. You know, you need to respond to how we can relate better with God. In your relationship with God, you need to get right with God. You come and you respond to the Lord. If you need to come and lay down your hurts, lay down all the anger perhaps, even unforgiveness, you come and you respond to the Lord. And I also sense that some of us, we need to build our identity in Christ. I see many relationships breaking down because people, they, they depend on the other person too much and there is no uh, anchor for their lives and that is found in the identity in Christ. If you need to find your identity in the Lord, you come and you respond to the Lord. We have pastors here to pray with you as we sing again. You come and you respond to the Lord. We need to pray like never before. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to those of us who are in our seats right now, that you just look around you. Just turn around, look at your brothers and your sisters on your left and right, on your front and back. Look at them. You're all so shy. Look at one another. We are a family. We are a family. And I want you to ask the Lord right now, Say, God, you put your love in my heart for my brother, my sister, my grace group member, my, my pastor, my leader. You ask the Lord right now, God, put your love in my heart. And yes, if you can, just give one another a handshake, a hug, and say, God, I want to love my brothers, my sisters, the way that you love me as commanded by your word. Hallelujah. 
And so as I pray right now, just ask the Lord to fill you with that love so that we can love one another and we can have that relational wellness for the wellness of the church, for the wellness of the body of Christ. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands and pray right now. Heavenly Father God, let your, the rain of your love fall upon us, O God. Fall upon each one of us, Father, so that, God, we will be filled with your love and we can love our brothers, our sisters all around us, O God. Our grace group members, fellow church members, O God. Our biological family, fill us with your love, Father. And Lord Jesus, for those of us who need to build our identity in Christ to be stronger, you help us, O God, to know that we are your child, we are your children, that we are loved by you, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to build that identity in you. And Father, for those of us who need, who are hurt, who are in pain, O God, Lord, you help us to release right now. To release that hurt, release that anger, release that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that frustration. To release it all before you right now. And I think, and I sense that, you know, just burdens are being lifted up from your hearts, from your shoulders right now. Yes, just release them to the Lord. Father, you help us and you bring healing to our hearts. Bring healing to every relationship, oh God, in our lives, in our families, oh God, between parent and child, between husband and wife. You bring healing, oh God, to your people. And Lord, you draw us closer in communion with you, closer and deeper into our relationship with you, Father, so that God, we can all flourish the way that you want us to. Thank you, Lord. Now let me just give you the benediction. Let's raise our hands. Now may the abundant and overflowing love of the Father fill your hearts. May the grace of our Lord Jesus enable you to be gracious to others. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you so that you can reach out to those in need. Amen. Amen. And amen. Let's give the Lord praise right now. Hallelujah.